in, in preparation for tonight, there were some things that we were talking about last week. And the big thing that always just kind of keeps cropping up, keeps cropping up. And uh, when we hear these messages, sometimes when we hear and we don't, we, um, I know that when I heard it for the first time, it didn't quite register in, in me. Because, you know, the scripture says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And you hear that and you're like, OK, faith comes by hearing. So how am I going to get faith by hearing the word of God? I got to be in the church. I got to listen to an audio. I got to read my Bible, read it out loud so I can hear it. You know, some of the things that we've preached out, out here. But um, but faith isn't just uh, um, um, where you're just taking it in. It's also releasing faith. And oftentimes, you know, that was the biggest, that was, in all honesty, when you, when you called, come, talked about someone like myself growing up who didn't know the Lord like I should have known the Lord. I wasn't planted in a church that, that, that taught the word. And so when you're, that was from that old denominational background. So when you don't know the Lord and you just know tradition, um, it can really, when you hear these things, you don't get it all at once. Now, if you weren't raised in a religious church or if you weren't raised in a denomination, sometimes you can hear a little bit, and it's it's a little bit. You can be a little bit quicker. And um, how many of you know that you know we can always be a lot quicker in a lot of things, Amen. Yes, amen. And so uh, you've heard me talk a little bit about this, um, particularly because you know the world. When I heard this for the first time, and I think this is one of the reasons why I I, I often repeat it because this is a, this was my always my biggest hangup. Well, I'm not perfect. I'm not perfect. I, I'm, you know, you always hear people, I'm not perfect. You know, I'm full of sin. I'm always going to make mistakes. That's not true. That's not true. You're, it, when you understand what that word perfect means, you understand, like all of you understand here what that word perfect is. You've heard it preach it over and over. It has nothing to do with the fact that you're flawless or without error or without mistake. It just means you're maturing. We're headed towards perfection. So what are we doing? This is part of our exercise towards maturity. And uh, maturing as a Christian is something that we do every day, every day. Get up in the morning. We're, 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 we're doing what is necessary to be mature. Because, you know, you can, be, you can be three, you can be four years old and be a lot more mature spiritually than most adults are. You know, I, I've worked out in the world. I, you, you, you work out in the world. You see people out there throwing fits, throwing tantrums, whether you're working a desk, whether things didn't work out someone's way. You can tell where, where someone's maturity level is by the way they respond. And it's not, it's not to say that they're bad people. It just means that there was an area in their life that they stopped growing. They stopped maturing. And if you're dealing with someone who's in the world, who's not born again, Who's, if you're not born again, there's no way to be. You, there's no way you can expect anybody to be really mature, because the really the rea- the reality is is once you become born again, then the lights of your understanding. The Bible talks about the lights of your understanding being enlightened, and then He says th- so that you may know. See, God wants you to know. He's not trying to leave you out in the dark. Boy, that, I'll I'll just tell you right there that alone. Oh, man, I've heard, well, you know, God, everything God does is just a mystery. We just don't know. No, it's not. That you, can't, you can't even, and, and the Bible scripture they use for that, he clearly says, he talks about how things are being are hidden, but, but they're opened up to those who are looking for it. 
looking for the scriptures, looking for the word for your answers. Because there's answers every time you open up your Bible for you in your life. Yeah. Now, you've heard us preach this over and over and over. Why? Because we need to hear that I need to be hungry. Yeah. I, need to, I need to know that there's answers. Yeah. Amen. I mean, it's, it's easy to forget. It's so easy to forget through the week what you have. So open our Bibles to 1 Timothy 1. 1 Timothy 1. Very familiar portion of Scripture. Matter of fact, with some of the Scriptures will, over the years, you'll just kind of kind of go back to, up to them. And you know, it's amazing. Sometimes you'll go, hit a Scripture, read it over and over and over and over, and, and you're like, oh, you know, pastor's always quoting that Scripture. And then one day, one day, it just goes off on the inside of you. Some guest speaker will come in, preach, preach. He'll preach 1 Timothy 1, 7. You're like, oh man, I've never heard that. I've never heard that scripture before. I didn't know that that 1 Timothy 1, 7 was even in the Bible. When it's been there the whole time. All right? How many of you know we, there's some things we need out of 1 Timothy 1, 7? So for God hath not given us a spirit of what? But of What? Boy, it's a real quiet crowd today, boy. Let's, 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 get, let's get engaged in on this one. For God has not given us a spirit of what? But of, and of, and a sound mind. I want to address the first part. God has not given you a spirit of fear. I, I, this is very true. Back when I was going, I was going to, uh, um, I was in Bible school um, there was a book that came out years ago. It said the gift of fear. Fear, the, fear is a gift. God is giving you the spirit of yeah. giving you fear so that you can learn. Yeah, yeah. Boy, they really sold that book, boy. <laughs> but if you would, have, you would have known the answer to that book had you known the scripture. You would have read. And you, you know, it, it took a real educated person to, to write a real eloquent, confused book. When you could have just by, so you got to be really careful when you start reading about people's credentials. I got you know, I went to seminary. I heard one individual misquote the Bible right out the gate. He says, "I, I, I've been in seminary, and you know, he had a, his own political bent on him. He wasn't serving the Lord, but he was on TV. He, he, he's been in seminary, and the things he was saying were uh, contradictive to what the Word had to say." He says, oh, Christians aren't supposed to be wealthy. You know, that's, they, they, the churches fill their seats telling people that they can be rich. You and I have been around this church long enough. We've seen enough scriptures to, that, to know that God wants us to, to have a full supply, that he, he wants to take care of us, right? That he does have an interest in your, in your success. He does care about you. But if, if you don't know any better... If you don't know any better, you don't, you don't go to a church like ours that teaches the Bible. You'll just go. You'll just nod your head. Yes. Oh, yeah. God doesn't want his, his people to be rich. Uh-huh. And you'll just take it hook, line, sinker. And here's the thing. You'll just, you'll just miss out on things. You'll just miss out on things. And God doesn't want you to miss out on some things. In fact, God just doesn't want you to live in fear. But he wants you to live in power. You know, there's nothing worse than going through life living a powerless life. Nothing worse than not having the power, not having the, the financial uh, backing to be able to do what you can't even do. To, you can't even take care of your kids. You can't, you can't even put shoes. There's nothing so uh, uh, a powerless feeling when you're not able to take care of the needs that you need to take care of. You're never affected until it happens. 
when it happens, they're like, oh, I don't like this feeling. I'm not going back to that. But you've got to make it in your mind. I'm not going back to old yeah. ways of thinking. Yeah, you hear what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And, and many times we'll go back to old ways of doing because, you know, well, you know, the church don't need my money. Oh, you know, the church doesn't need me to walk in love. Oh, the church doesn't need me to be a rep- better student. Church, church does, See, here you're missing understanding. God wants you to have a better life. Yeah. But in order for you and I to have a better life, we must agree with the word. Yeah. That means I got to do the word. I, I just can't hear the word and not do it. Because in the Bible says I'm just lying to myself if I'm just hearing and not doing it. And you know what? Uh, here's the thing. I know that most of us would never think that we're lying to ourselves. We think, oh, no, Pastor, I understand. I be- Pastor, I believe everything that you're saying. I believe it. I, I, I walk it out. And that's true. For the most part, a lot of people believe it. But, you know, you can be you can come to church on a Wednesday night and, and not be participating on some things. You know, you're not walking in love. You're when you when you get a, a diagnosis that your sickness in your body. Mm-hmm. The first thing you do is you 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 you, you ball up in the, in, in the corner and just start crying. That that ought not be you. There ought to be some faith on the inside of you that says, I have enough answers. I've got enough answers over the years that have come. And and there's been plenty of you who have come with life-threatening situations that came up. And God turned your situation around. And we've heard your testimonies. We've seen. And then you'll get some some guy that, well, God doesn't heal. Uh, God doesn't heal anymore. Okay, you've been in this church. You've heard enough testimonies. You've seen God work his hand on so many people's lives. For you to agree with that would be like you must have just done fall off the bicycle and hit your head, right? You'd be like, no, that's, there's no way to, for them to argue out of that. But you see, but if you're in a church that doesn't believe that stuff like that, and over time, and you're like, well, you know, God doesn't heal everybody, and you're in a group with, who, that rarely God ever moves in, you'll get in trouble. You'll find yourself getting in trouble. You'll find yourself sinking in a hole. And because faith is made to be used, faith is made to, made to be stirred up, faith, faith is made to, to, to keep you going, amen? And, and it empowers you. And it helps you have a sound mind. You know, before I got born again, my mind was in a hole. Now, I know some of you must have had your acts all together all your lives. Just had it all together, never had a problem, never had a situation. Pastor, I don't know what you're talking about. My mind was always perfect. I never had a problem with my mind. I've never worried at all. Matter of fact, just this morning, I had nothing to worry about. In fact, you know, Pastor, I never worry about anything. I'm going to say, you lying. Because we've all had something at some moment that's crossed our path that made us worry. And see, God, like I said, there's a moments where we can win. Or how should I say, we should live. There's a way in our life where we can learn how to reign in life. What do I mean by, you don't always, you're not walking around like you're living in defeat. You can, you can reign in life, not living like you're living in defeat. But it's going to require your cooperation. It's going to require you showing up to practice. It's going to require you opening your mouth. Right? You have to sound off. You got to learn to say amen. You got to learn to, you got to, you know, God's done so much in your life. Why, why grow quiet? If you knew what was on the other side of your shout, you wouldn't go without. If you knew what was on the other side of your shout, you wouldn't go without. You would say, I'm not going to be shy no more. Because I know there's something on the other side of my shout. 
And we forget. We forgot that before we were healed the last few times, what did we do? We shouted and we praised God and we say we thanked him and we, did, and we got in the face of the devil, say, Satan, you get your hands off my body. Satan, you get your hands off my children. Satan, you take your hands off my husband, my wife. You know, you're not, not going to bring this sickness around. You see, what happens? You learn to get bold. You're learning how to stand. You're learning to use your voice. You're starting to learn to, 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 to operate in the authority that God gave you. Man, I mean, talk about living in defeat. Boy, I, I was living my life like a whooped pup. And, you know, you don't have any answers. You don't know where your life is going. You're always worried, like, what am I going to do when I get out? What am I going to do? What am I going to do? I mean, you ask anybody, you ask any teenager around 13 when they're doing, getting ready to high school and they know they're going to graduate and they're just getting closer to move out, boy, they start getting ugly. They do. They're like, maybe, maybe some of you remember that stage. You're like, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm so confused. I'm like, I don't know what I'm going to do. And everyone's all worried about, what are, they, what are you going to do? I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm just trying to figure out life. <laughs> what am I going to do? I don't know. What are you going to do? I don't know. What are you going to put pressure on me? Right? There's that, there's, that, there's that feeling, that fear. And, you know, when you, even when you're like here that you are in, where in your life, in hindsight and looking back, you're like, man, that's right. I used to live like that. And so, and Pastor, some of you are like, Pastor, I still go through some of those things. Like, where am I going? Where am I going with my life? And you don't have to live aimlessly anymore. You don't have to live nomadically anymore. Like a nomad, just wandering out through the desert, just wandering through life. You know, it's, there, we should get to the point where we're secure in knowing where we're going, where we're headed, and, uh, and, and, and clear in the direction what the Lord is sending you and I. A lot of people don't feel clear. A lot of people just feel lost. And you, you, you're born again. You shouldn't feel lost. You shouldn't feel, I'm, God has called me to prosper, and I just say, Lord, just show me where the money's at, and I'm going to go and do what you told me to do. You told me to walk in love, I'm going to walk in love. You told me to lay hands on the sick, I'm going to lay hands on the sick. And Lord, I'm going to, because me and my family, we're quick to repent, we're quick to believe, and we're quick to forgive. We're, we're, the, we're a word-doing family, and because we're word-doers, we prosper in everything we do. You just start getting confident in them things. You, you do, you just start getting, you start getting confident. And the number one thing the devil wants to do is for you to lose your confidence. Lose confidence in the word. Lose confidence in the preaching. Lose confidence in your, your fellow friends in church. Lose confidence. Lose confidence in, in, your, in your government. Because, you know, governments, you know, I'm going to just tell you, you know, government's always going to be full of people that make mistakes. Full of it. Because the government's not your answer. Government is definitely not your answer. We all just we just recently learned that the government can just leave you high and dry in another country. We're not supposed to be leaving anybody behind, and they're just you know. So who are you really going to trust? The only person you can't trust is the Lord. Trust your local body of believers. And, and, and just say, hey, you know what? We're in this together, man. We, and, and even then, you know, I, we, we got to be really smart in our church nowadays because we, we got to learn to, if, if, we want, we, if we want people to trust us, we also got to learn how to trust others. Yeah. Right? We got to learn how to be others minded. Yeah. So, you know, we, we, we see that Satan will try to get you to lose confidence in the word, in God's word, and what he's doing. And we see it from the very first attempt. Remember the first attempt at, at, at knocking Jesus off, off of his ministry? When, when Satan tried to, tried, to tempt, say, uh, tried to tempt Jesus? 
I mean, like I said, you know, you, you get people with like these, these, these degrees that say, well, that wasn't a real temptation. God, Jesus knew those were, weren't, weren't, the devil wasn't going to really do that. The Bible says they were temptations. And if it was a temptation, it was a real temptation. Because if, if that was the case, then Jesus would have been a part of a lie. And you've got to make up your mind on that. You know, Jesus has no part of a lie. He's not going to participate in anybody's lie. We've seen plenty of times where Jesus passed up opportunities to do the wrong thing and, do, and he did the right thing by being the example to the body of Christ, by being an example of, uh, to you and I of how to live and, and how, to, how to conduct ourselves. Amen. Amen. And one of the areas that the devil really wants to get you, it, get you at is in your mouth. If he can get you to start, stop changing the way you talk when you're talking right, it's the number one area he's going to try to get you in. He's going to try to get you to start talking wrong. Yeah. Oh, you know, they don't love me at that church. Oh, that person, every time I walk in, they look at me funny. Never mind that that person may have something going on through the head and not, not even thinking about you. Has anybody ever looked around and just had so much in their mind? People are like, why are you giving me a look? They're like, you know, looking at you. <laughs> that was like almost like in high school, like junior high, remember? Man, why are you mad-dogging me, man? Why are you mad-dogging me? You're like, I ain't mad-dogging nobody, you know? I just got a lot on my mind. I got a lot of pressures here in seventh grade. You don't understand. Do I ask her to the dance or do I do not ask her to dance? A lot of pressure. Been leaving notes and she still don't know it's me. And I'm like... Girls, you don't know the pressure of a young man. No, don't know the pressure at all. And so here we go. You know, we have God just wanting to move us into abundance. Amen. He wants to move us into abundance. It's Mark 11. Mark 11. Sometimes people forget that God really wants to get in your mouth so that he can show you how to live a life of, of success and and really live the victorious life that he's called you to walk out. Amen. Say amen when you get to Mark 11. I usually, I recommend that most people start at uh, verse 20. But, and this is because this has to do with the lesson with the withered fig tree. Now let's, let's just go there. Mark eleven twelve. Say amen when you get there. Say, I have faith. And my mind is alert. Now, the next day, Mark 11, verse 12. Now, the next day, when they had come out from Bethany, he was hungry. Who was hungry? Jesus. Right? And seeing from afar off a tree having leaves, he went to see if perhaps he would find something on it. When he came to it, he found nothing but leaves. For it was not the season for figs. In response, Jesus said to it, Let no one eat fruit from you ever again. And his disciples heard it. Now, skip along. Jesus is going, he seems like Jesus is hungry. This is biblical. Because right after that, you see Jesus cleaning his temple with a whip. He's got a whip out and he's whipping everybody. So he may have been a little hangry. I'm going to give him that. No, he, he never did anything out of anger or out of the flesh. What he's doing here, he's saying, you, you, you're turning my house into the wrong place. You're, you're using this, you're, you're, you're selling these doves as, 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 they were used as offerings. These doves were used as offerings. 
and these turtles, or not the, tur the turtle dove, I say turtle doves, but these doves and these other type of items that they, they bought at the, um, at, the, at the synagogue were used for burnt offerings. And so they would go, and the, many of this stuff was like, you want me to present a, buy a temple, certified temple offering. So I, had to, I couldn't buy it through anybody else. I could only buy it through the temple. And the product that they were selling me was quite questionable because it wasn't up to sta uh, synagogue standards. But they were selling it to you at an inflated price, right? Bad motives. So now you understand why Jesus wasn't happy. They're cheating the people. They're selling things at inflated prices. The product they're selling is bad. So God, the Lord cared about how he was being represented on the earth, right? So you've got to always understand there's a motive behind Jesus. He just doesn't do something just, just to, you know, I'm going to whip these guys just to whip them. No, he, 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 he was upset, right? So just kind of just, just follow me a little bit on that. But in verse 20, he says, Now in the morning as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. And Peter, remembering, said unto him, Rabbi, look at the fig tree which you curse, which you withered away. So Jesus said to them, now this is where we learned how to reign in Christ. Jesus is not keeping, keeping stuff back from you. Do you hear what I'm saying? A lot of people think Jesus is holding back. Like there's some people that are more successful than others. Well, you know, that's just so-and-so. I mean, that's how they were made. No. God is put in each and every one of our hands the ability to get, get out of our situation and change your situation. Yeah. You could, boy, I'll tell you one thing about the Word of God. It's amazing. You can live in Nigeria. You can live in Kenya. You can live in Ethiopia. Ethiopia. You can live in the projects. You can live anywhere on the best side of town and the worst side of town. And and, got, and not have very much of an education. You may come home from a family where, you know, you just had a rough start. And God will help you catch up supernaturally. And you don't have to steal from anybody else. You don't have to take away from somebody else. And the first thing that God will challenge is you in the way you talk. And the reason why he does that is because he recognizes it's your words it's your words that'll either make you, it's your words that'll make you or break you. It's your words. Remember what we read last week? Death and life are in the, the power of the tongue. You're going to eat the fruit of whatever it is that you're saying. Well, that, that stuff, that's good, Pastor, but that, that, that good stuff never happens to me. You're, you're, you are literally controlling the direction of your life with those type of words. If I, don't, if I don't agree to go where Jackie says to go, and Jackie says, hey, Pastor, we're going to meet here. Uh, are you going to be there? And I say, yes, I'm going to be there, Jackie. But if I don't show up, did I agree with Jackie? No. Jackie's going to say, man, Pastor Dunn stood up the whole group, right? And she'd be like, man, that's, that, that wasn't very Christian-like, standing up the whole group, saying he was going to show up, and he didn't show up, Right? So here's the thing. Your words are important. That's why you ought to not just be just so quick to shoot off your mouth and promise somebody to do something. Yeah. One thing I've learned 
never to lie about what it is that what I'm doing. I said, look, I, I'll, I'm going to attentively say yes, because something there may be something I'm not aware of, but it sounds good to what you're saying. It sounds like something I'm, I've learned to say tentative, tentatively, because something may be in my calendar I have no idea that's in there, and that can change the game. So rather than say yes and then come back, oh, well, or you could just say, you know, I'm not sure. Or maybe if you're not really interested in going, you're like, you know, I'm not going to tell them I'm, I'm interested in going. Yeah, I, I, think I'm, I don't think I'm interested in that. I'm going to be out on that one. There's nothing wrong with that. And you've got to be okay if someone tells me I'm out on that one. I don't want to do that when that's deep sea fishing. <laughs> I know that you look like you're having fun, George, but I don't know if I want to throw up on that boat, right? You, got, you just got to be straight up with George. Tell him, look, I, don't, I, I see you're having fun, but I don't want to go. Now, I do want to go with George if he ever goes on a boat, but I'm just telling you. That's, some folks, they just, they, just, they just don't know. They just can't tell you, no, I'm not interested. In I'm really, that's not my thing. That's just not my thing. You know what I mean? You got to learn to be honest. Learn to be honest and not be afraid that you're going to hurt somebody's feelings every time. You got to just learn to be straight up, be honest with it. Because your words matter. How are you terrain in life if you don't take the seriousness of your words? Because your words count. In the grand scheme of things, they count and they have power. Now, Jesus is instructing these guys here. He's instructing them the power of their words because they didn't get it yet. You got to realize they're not born again yet. First, the disciples aren't born again yet. But he's instructing them. Because they're soon they're going to be filled with the Holy Ghost. Soon they're going to have power. And so he, they've got to know, hey, you're, there's, you've got dunamis in your lips. That same dynamite power that's going to be coming off. So you need to make sure that whatever you're, you're saying is in line with the Scripture. See, a lot of Christians, here's the problem with a lot of Christians. A lot of them don't realize how powerful they are. They have been fooled. They've literally been fooled to not realize how much power they have. Literally, they have no clue. If they, recognize, if they recognized the power that they hold, the power they wield, they would not live so far beneath the way they live today. You know, if Jesus was here today, he would not be very well liked. Do you know, even Smith Wigglesworth wasn't liked in his day. It's hard to believe. John G. Lake wasn't even liked. Can you imagine that? Jesus, and people are like, well, that's not surprising, but, you know, Jesus, if Jesus was here, I would like him. You don't know if you like Jesus or not. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Because yeah. he, even uh, Lester Sumrall, there's, there's some people that, for some reason, when they're full of faith, if you're, if you're worldly and, you're, and you've got an ounce of a, a lot of ungodliness, there's a part of you like, oh, boy, I don't know about this cat, but this, this cat's a rough one, man. He's, he, he takes this a little too seriously. I'm going to tell you something. There's no other ser- more serious than you need to be than take the faith that you have yeah. seriously. Amen. Because in the end, you're going to need that faith that yeah. you have yes. and start making it productive. And now here's Jesus. He's schooling them. He's schooling them how faith works. And this is part of your how faith is going to work in you is how it's going to come out of your mouth. And how is it going to come out of your mouth? Is it going to come from your heart? Is it going to come? Where is, he, where is that faith going to come at when you need it? And over here, let's get back to what verse were we back on? Now in the morning passed, they saw the fig tree dried up at the roots, and Peter remembered him and said, Rabbi, look at the fig tree that you've cursed. Remember, see, no, they're, they're recognizing something, that, that the words that he used to dry up a circumstance, right? 
So Jesus is using an example. Whatever's in your way, you can curse it, and it'll dry up at the root. If it's been a long-standing problem in your way, if it's been living in poverty for a long time, if it's poor thinking, if it's been depression, whatever, whatever's the poor thinking that's causing the, the root of that, just you beginning to curse it at its root will start to give you freedom. Whatever's been at the root, you need to start cursing it. You, got, you can't just sit there and like, oh, you know, just, it's been like this. It runs in the family. You know, just, it runs in the family. We've got this medical issue. It's always run in the family. It's been like, you know, I heard one minister said, you know, we've got everybody in my family at this age has, they've all died of heart attacks at age 65. Exactly. Hit 65. Boy, they all, they all died of heart attacks. And then they used to talk about, oh, yeah, everybody in our family dies. And they guess what, guess what happened? They all died at age 65 of a heart attack. Oh, you know, everybody in our family, we've got this medical condition. It just affects us for some reason. And in order they, they're, just, they're just constantly in agreement with what the enemy... See, what they're doing is they're allowing the enemy yeah. to put his words into their mouths. Yeah. As long as he can get his words into your mouth and you to agree. You know, we, we may be poor, but we, we are proud. People say stuff like that. And guess what they do? They stay poor and they, and they suffer from pride. You don't want to be full of pride. Again, he's trying to get his power into your mouth. He's trying to get you that revelation. He's trying to get over that understanding. You can reign with me. That's why he says, be therefore imitators of God. God, it says it in the word. Can you imagine God saying, I want you to be an imitator of me? What did God do? He spoke this world into existence. Before the foundations of the world. He wants you to imitate him. But until you start taking what you say seriously and not using your words loosely, watch, just start making those changes of taking what you say seriously, not just, just throwing things off the cuff. Boy, your, your world will start to change right there. It'll start changing. Your life will start changing. You'll start feeling better. The people around you will start feeling better because you're not, you're, you're, what are you doing? You're speaking life. You're speaking, oh, you're sick. Now, here's another thing. I, got, I, I, really, I like to front this up a lot over the past years. Because I've seen a lot over the years. You know, people want to use their faith on their kids. Honey, we're not taking medicine. We're believing the Lord. What do you mean? He goes, I know you got a headache, I know, but we're just going to lay hands and we're going to pray. We're going to do the word. Now, in lots of cases, that's okay. Because they, they, they respond quickly to faith. Like when they get a boo-boo on the knee. There's been plenty of times with eating the kids. I go, thank you, Jesus. We call them the command that pain to go away right now. And what happens? It leaves. So, but we're doing, but we're, what are we doing? Putting the word in them. And we're, we're always reading them the word. We tell them that their mouths, that what they say counts. Right? We're teaching them at a young age. And so we're not just uh, one day, we're like, oh, well, now you're just, you know, you're, you've got the flu, we ain't going to give you no medicine. <laughs> you wouldn't even do that to yourself. No. I wouldn't even dare do that to a child. No, no but if you, they do get sick, what you do is you give them the word and you give them some medicine. We're going to learn to trust God how to get out of this situation. Mm-hmm. So that when this situation comes... We know how we will ask ourselves, OK, we got sick. We got the flu. Let's do Let's do a pilot check on our life. Am I walking in love? Am I forgiving? Am I doing the word? Am I tithing? I got to make sure I'm tithing because well, I don't want to get under that curse of over the devil side. So am I tithing? What am I doing? So what I'm doing, what I'm doing that I'm doing my checklist to make sure that that I'm, I'm taking my role. And if I'm doing that, 
And if I'm doing all those things and that thing comes in, then I recognize it's a spiritual fight. Because the Bible comes, the Bible says that Satan comes to steal the word that was sown in your heart. And here's the thing. If you're not used to fighting a spiritual fight and you're always used to going to go to medicine, well, see, that word never worked that easy. Well, then what's happening is here. Let me just rephrase that because I, I kind of went too quick on that. If you're getting sick and then you say, well, see, the word doesn't work. That's an indicator that it was never really working in your heart. You hear what I'm saying? See, well, I tried and it didn't work is an indication that you weren't really hot on it like you should have been and stayed at it. So you, what we're doing, we're speaking the word. According to God's word, I'm healed. According to God's word, I'm delivered. And then I'm backing it up with scriptures. I got some other scriptures I want to pull out here in a few moments. That like, you know, There's so much scripture on healing, so much scripture on finances, right? So much scripture on deliverance that, that we should never think, well, you know, maybe God's holding out on me trying to teach me a lesson. You know, God, I made a lot of mistakes. Maybe this is finally, you know, God saying you, you deserve something. God is not doing stuff because you deserve it. And he's trying to teach you a lesson. You've got to make up your mind. He is on my side. He is my dad. It's sort of like, would you put, would you put a flu on your baby right now? Honey, you've been, you just been, haven't been listening. I told you to put your shoes on before you got in the house. You came in the house with no shoes on. I done told you 20 times not to do that. Now I'm going to have to put the flu on you. You'd be like, you're like, you that person would be, you're like, that person's crazy. You're going to put disease on your kid because they didn't put their shoes on when they came in the house. And it was cold. So you want to just, no, you would never do that. That, that would be like, what would that be like? Um, abuse. You wouldn't do that to your kid, right? So here Jesus says, is therefore, I, uh, for surely I say to you, whosoever shall say to this mountain. Now Jesus is getting in that power releasing mode. For, for, he's telling you, for surely I say to you, whosoever says to this mountain, be thou removed, be cast into the sea, and does not what? Doubt in his heart, but believes those things he says will be done. He will have whatever he says. Therefore I say to you, whatsoever thing you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. And verse 25 says, and whenever you stand praying, if you have, if you have anything against, now boy, you know, ain't that interesting? Could have just left it. You say anything, it'll be gone. You're like, but no, he didn't, Jesus, the, Jesus, didn't, st- Jesus didn't stop there. He got really into, he got real personal. He got up in my business. He says, now whatever you do when you pray now, you're praying this, make sure you forgive. Oh my goodness. We could have done that without in the Bible. Because now you made it harder. In your natural mind, you've made it harder. (laughs) That your Father in heaven may also forgive you your trespasses. But if you do not forgive, neither will I for your Father in heaven forgive you of your trespasses. Oh, my goodness. No. (laughs) Right? Here's the thing. Here's the thing. What he's saying is I have invested a lot of power into you. And with that power comes responsibility. In other words, you're not walking in forgiveness. You're doing what you want to do, acting the way you want to act, talking the way you want to talk. Boy, I tell you, it'll, it'll just leave you fruitless every time. It'll, 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 almost, like, it'll almost mark your, po- your, your pockets. You'll be like, always be like, where'd all my money go? I know I had, I I had $7,900. $7, $7, $7, $7, $7, $7, $7, $7, $7, $7, $7, $7, $7, $7, $7, $7, $7, $7, $7, $7, $7, $7, $7, $7, $7, $7, $7, $7,
According to my records, it has where to go. Where's my money going? Where's where's my relationships going? Where, where, where's that? Where 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 all my relationships go? Where all my friends go? Where where did all my jobs go? Where did my all my opportunities go? Because you're not walking in love. You're not you're not walking in forgiveness. Everywhere you go, you have a critical thing to say about somebody or something. We we ought not to be marked by those things. You know, we're, we're, we say we're believers, but do we believe? Do we believe the words we say? will come to pass if we say into that mountain be thou removed because everybody may not have like say a mountain per se but sometimes we deal with difficult situations that can seem impossible whether it be someone asking you to marry him but they finally get it done and you finally and you finally <laughs> they finally ask you and they finally put a ring on that finger and they finally say they finally say i do and you're like yes i finally got him me and Deanna are, Deanna are on the same boat. Here, I want to preface something for a lot of you guys, is that I know a, nobody here would ever say, you know what, I want to do the minimal to become successful. Because that doesn't generate a lot of success. I won't say the name of a ball player, but he just got very talented, very talented. He just got cut from his team, very talented. Cut, just cut, big money, tons of talent, but no, no effort, zero effort. It's like he went and he just got a big check and he just got cut. He said, one day I'm sick, I'm not going to come in. And they said, okay, and they just cut him. Now you got no job. The checks were there, but now the reputation of not being committed to the work to, to do what it takes to win is there. Not doing what it takes to get victory over depression, it's there. Not doing what it takes to get your mind back, to, to live free, to be free of, of whatever that may be, you know, alienating, whatever is keeping you down. The answers are still there. They're, they're, they're in you. The thing I love about the word is it always points. It says, it's in you. It's the power that I've already given. It's in you may, so that you may discover it. Let's open our Bible to Ephesians 2. I'm going to ch- ch- uh, close up there because I believe it kind of is it's a great way to end. And, yeah, we have a couple minutes left, but we can go longer. Pastor Molina goes long sometimes. I might get that annoying if I can go along. I better not say it because then I'll end up like I should have. You should have ended a lot longer sooner ago. <laughs> Don't we just love Pastor Melina? Yes. She's just amazing. You know, on our download messages, we downloaded um, um, in a year and a half, not even a yeah, just close to a year and a half because we restarted everything back when we started our, our podcast. And so it had been opened up for like four months, but I downloaded a lot of stuff into it, but I hadn't even started uploading it because I didn't know. Not everything had um, gone through Apple and us. I was just waiting. So like about almost like four months later, finally I was able to start podcasting because everything was going to Apple. So when we did it, it took um, about a year into it. We finally hit a thousand, uh, 
we had like 1,400 or something like that. And I thought, well, that's pretty good. Well, I wonder what's going to happen in, in six more months. Well, six more months we hit, I go, we'll probably take a, I don't know, we'll be somewhere, I was kind of trying to guess. We hit 2,400 downloads. I mean, we're talking about stuff from all over the world. Like, I mean, like people listen to us from all over the world. And uh, I told Pastor Lee, guess who's got the number one message? Besides Pastor Nancy, that's a given. Pastor Nancy, she has an old message. She's got, she's got Pastor Melina was number one, like two times here and there. I'm like, I got to beat that woman. <laughs> I, I said, guess who is number one? She goes, I don't know. She was naming all these names. I go, you had the number one message. And you know what your number one message was? It was, the pastor is not optional. I said, you were number one, baby. I go, you're the best. She goes, I goes I'm your number one fan. I'm just rooting you on. She goes, oh, thank you. Because you know how she is. She's just a sweetheart. Here's the thing. You've got to believe in what God's doing in you if you want to really carry what God has for you. Wrap your arms around that promise and say, I am not going to slack from that. I'm going to go after. You've got to just say, I'm going after with all my heart. If you really want this to work, if you really want to see your faith work, this is how you get it done. Amen. Amen. But Paul over here says this in um, Ephesians chapter 3. Yes, here we go. He says in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 14, he says, For this reason, this Paul says, For this reason I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, for whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. And it says, Everyone who's in if we are named through Christ Jesus, that he would grant unto you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man. Not through your own spirit, through his spirit. Yeah. Quit trying to get strong in your own. Get strong in him. That, you, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you be rooted and grounded in love, so that you're able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width, the width, the length, the depth, and the height, and that we know the love of Christ which passes knowledge, that you would be filled with all the fullness of God. That you would be filled with all the fullness of God. He wants you to be filled with all the fullness. There's no lack in God. I want you to be filled with all the fullness. So that really puts to end any dumb argument that God doesn't want his people to have anything. And he doesn't promise you anything good. He wants you to be filled with all the fullness. Amen. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ask or think. According to the power that works in who? Us. Remember what we said earlier? There's a power in you that's right there. It's in you. It's in you. Can you imagine? It's in you. Say, it's in me. Man, you start to recognize what you have, and it's already in you. You just got to access it, grab it, take it off the shelf and use it. You have it. You already have it. You know... Some number of years ago, I went out and got myself a... I've told this story. It's been a while since I've told this story. I've got about 20 more minutes. Teasing. <laughs> oh, just teasing. I had, I, had this, I had to go get a barnacle scraper one year because I couldn't find my barnacle scrapers. 
So I went and got a barnacle scraper. It's just a little flat piece of metal to just kind of scrape things off of something, you know. Just there was something gum that got caught in the cement, and I couldn't find my. So I just got a brand new one. Then one day I decided I was going to organize my garage. This was back back in the early around 2013, 14. I'm in there. I'm going to my garage, and all of a sudden I pull out in cleaning, in 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 getting my garage just fixed up organized. I found at least eight barnacle scrapers. <laughs> eight. Eight. I had an abundance of them, but they didn't serve me because I didn't know where they were at. Do you have an abundance on the inside of you? To do the job that you need to do, you just got to use what you have to be successful. Amen. Well, I love it. Did anybody get blessed tonight? I'll tell you what, God is so good because I know God's going to bring us to a better place this year. We're, get, we're getting, we're moving on and we're, our lives are just going to get better. Amen. Come on, praise the Lord. Not because you're so excited.